In the book of Proverbs, we heard the wisdom of Solomon. Here in Ecclesiastes, we eavesdrop on his despair. Here's how the book of Ecclesiastes begins. The words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless in the old translations. Vanity of vanities. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. So begins the spiritual journal of the richest, wisest, and most famous, famous man of his time. So what's going on? This son of David, this teacher, has it all. But still, he declares it all to be meaningless. How come? Well, this is what Ecclesiastes is all about. What we have here is the spiritual journal of a son of David. A king who is meant to make us think of the Messiah, the true son of David. And yet we peer over the shoulder of this would-be Messiah and we see what he's been writing in his prayer journal. And, and we despair because he seems to be despairing. This son of David is not the Messiah. Um, he's not a naughty boy either. He, he's a successful human ruler who has it all. Everything that should make him contented. But even though he's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, he concludes that it's all meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. It's all vanity of vanities. Emptiness. That's all it is. How come? Well, the teacher limits his reflections to life under the sun. That's a phrase we'll consider tomorrow. But that is the scope of his vision. He's not thinking about life above the sun, the life of heaven. He's thinking about life here on earth, as though this world is all there is, as though the grave ultimately wins. And if all we have is the here and now, then he concludes that life is vanity of vanities. Interestingly, the word for vanity is actually the name Abel. Uh, we met Abel very early in the Bible. He was the first righteous offspring of Adam and Eve. Uh, there would have been great expectations for this offspring of the woman. Remember, the promises were spoken to the offspring of the woman. The offspring of the woman was going to be the Messiah who saves everybody. So Abel was kind of this, this would-be Messiah. And yet, instead of bringing life to the world, he is the first to die, slain by Cain, his brother. What a picture of this fallen world. High hopes, cruelly dashed. That's what life under the sun is like. It promises much, but delivers death. And so the name Abel becomes synonymous with vanity, with meaninglessness. And if things were really rough, if, if, if things look really rough in biblical times, you would say, oh gosh, it's Abel again. You know, it's Abel of Abel's. It's vanity of vanities. This is the outlook of the teacher. Now, what's so, so sobering about this is that here is a son of David who is writing this book. And if we think literally about the son of David, the first son of David that, that David has, we think of Solomon, who, who had all the wealth and power and sex and wisdom and achievements he could possibly pursue. The exploits of the teacher certainly make us think of Solomon. Um, in, in chapter 1, he uh, tries his hand at wisdom and he pursues meaning through pursuing wisdom. And then in chapter 2, uh, it comes pleasure. And he tries to find meaning in pleasure. And then in the second half of chapter 2, he, uh, he um, tries work and great achievements in the workplace. And yet that's meaningless and meaningless and everything is meaningless. Uh, and then in chapter 5, uh, he tries riches. And in chapter 6, family. He has a huge thirst for life. But he's never satisfied. It's all vanity of vanities. 
What do you think Solomon should have tried in order to get the meaning he was looking for? I remember nearly 20, uh, 20 years ago now hearing a sermon on Ecclesiastes. And at the end of the sermon, I remember leaning over to my friend and whispering, Wowzers, that guy just really needed a girlfriend, right? Um, now, what did that reveal about me? You see, whatever we think the teacher needed, that's where we think life is found. Ask yourself now, what do you think the teacher was lacking? What in this world could have satisfied him? That will tell you what you are chasing in this world. But no matter what it is, if it's under the sun, it will not satisfy. I thought Solomon needed a girlfriend. I was wrong. 1 Kings chapter 11 tells us he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Okay, Solomon never did anything in halves, right? And yet still he concludes in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 14, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Perhaps you know that the word for wind and breath in the Bible is the same as the word for the Spirit. It's like the whole world is trying to get hold of God's life-giving, joy-making Spirit. But it's like running after the wind. The goal is always just out of reach. And what would you do if you ever got it just through your fingers? The ending is always empty. That is life under the sun. And the teacher lays bare its pointlessness. Every time we're tempted to say, yeah, but what about, what about if he just had, what about if he just achieved, what about if he just performed this? No, and the teacher says, no, 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 been there, done that, got the t-shirt. It's vanity, vanity of vanities. It's meaningless. It's all meaningless. It shows up just how hollow our pursuits really are. That's what the book of Ecclesiastes is all about. And over the next few days, we'll spend some time in the book of Ecclesiastes. As we do so, we're going to look squarely at the things of this world, and we're going to see that they do not satisfy. Let's remember again that the life of the Spirit is not found in sex, money, power, fame, or accomplishments. Such things are a chasing after the wind. Yet Jesus stands as the true Son of David, the true Messiah, filled full with the life-giving Spirit and overflowing to us. To those who are weary of life under the sun, Jesus says, John chapter 7, verse 37, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit. Mm-hmm.